0: Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Boyle, and I appreciate you being with us. This segment is brought to you by CommercialAgentSuccess.com. It is the Ultimate and commercial training for agents. It has 21 one-hour videos. It has calculator. It has forms. It has uh, uh, slide deck, action notes. Uh, brokers around the country really rave about it. Learn more at commercialagentsuccess.com. Well, today we're going to talk about the multifamily market around the country. You know, multifamily has certainly had a really good ride for many, many years. What's the future hold? What about affordability? Uh, for tenants with raising rents. Uh, What about the levels of new construction? How are interest rates impacting it? Um, Let's find out what's going on in the multifamily market. Please welcome my guest. It's Caitlin Walter. She's VP of Research with the National Multifamily Housing Council, and she's joining us on video. Caitlin, good to meet you and good to see you.
1: Good to meet you as well. Thanks for having me.
0: And first of all, I'd like to just ask you about uh, kind of rental rate growth and and, and help our, our listeners and viewers put it in perspective about kind of what kind of growth we've been seeing around the country uh, percentage wise in the rental rates. And then what have we seen in uh, Mike most recently?
1: Um, so first, uh, one thing to remember is um, context is everything when talking about rental rates. Um, what uh, folks have probably seen in the news um, are uh, historic rates of rental growth. Um, And when you compare it year over year, that is true. Um, But that is largely because um, in 2020, when everything shut down, um, apartment rents dropped um, around the country. And so we kind of had this effect where we had deep declines and then so that we had steep increases um, to make up for it. Um, What we're seeing now are um, rent growth is starting to kind of normalize. Um, We've seen... um, Rent growth is largely still occurring, but um, it has slowed tremendously. Um, and th- we are also seeing in some select markets where the new construction is really starting to come online a little bit of weakness um, in terms of of rent growth. Um, but we're anticipating that this is a momentary issue and um, it will even out.
0: Okay, so normalizing rent rent rate growth. I uh, from a lot of apartments I sold for, for a lot of my career, I, I would do a pro forma. I'd put a uh, 3% rate. Uh, no, I'd put a 5% rate growth if I was listing the property, right? In my, and the buyers are like, no, 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 no. Normal is more like 3%. So what is normal?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, I would say 3% um, is was, is what I personally would would say is normal. And um, obviously we were hitting double digits in some places when you looked at year over year rent growth, um, but it seems to be going back to that normal
0: rate. Yeah. Are there any uh, rent growth stories? uh positive or negative in some of the cities or central business districts or anything kind of jump out at you there?
1: You know, I think that um, what's going on in central business districts is still um, kind of shaking out. Obviously, a lot of people um, can work remotely. Obviously, I am working remotely. Um, and so uh, it still remains to be seen what the end result looks like. Um, some places like San Francisco, they're struggling a lot because you know, a lot of those are tech workers who do work remotely. New York, in contrast, um, a lot of those folks are expected to be back in the office. And so those are um, those are two kind of uh, completely different stories. So I think what what's happening is um, a lot of the central business districts, it's dependent upon, you know, what happens with that workforce. And so um, that's still shaking out in a lot of places. But we are also seeing, though, that in um, central business districts folks like to live in a city and so um, folks are still finding them to be attractive places even if they are not physically working in that CBD um, and so one of my um, colleagues at another organization has started to talk about where it's more just the live play they don't necessarily need the work but they still like the the atmosphere that's in those in those locations
0: who needs to work anyway right <laughs> What about uh, vacancy occupancy levels? Uh, what are you seeing as a trend there?
1: Um, it's interesting because um, it has been so tight. So again, what is that normal? I think everybody thinks you know a five percent vacancy rate is healthy, and um, for the past couple of years we've been nowhere near that. Um, I think the latest numbers from RealPage I saw we were around ninety-seven percent maybe closer to 96. But so we're still not near that healthy level. So we can afford for um, vacancy numbers to go up a little bit. Um, But again, that's nationally. And um, we are going to be seeing some instances where the new construction is all delivering at once. And so I would expect those vacancy numbers in those areas to be a little bit um, more elevated as uh, the demand kind of works its way around.
0: What are you seeing for levels of new supply as compared to the past, and 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 basic, and maybe what we what we need, what the demand?
1: So, um, again, the, the, a big question is what what's going to happen with demand. Um, part of the part of the concern now with the economic uncertainty is it causes people just like it. Causes businesses to take a pause. It causes households to take a pause too. So we have seen a little bit of pullback in demand, which obviously impacts, you know, leasing up those new units. Um, we have had historically high number of um, construction uh, for multifamily for um, for a few years now, but we've also been dealing with a lot of delays. Um, so it's taking longer for those units to get built. And now we're hearing about delays on the end in terms of, you know, getting the hookups with the utilities and, and the infrastructure. Um, and so we're a little bit in this wait and see um, situation where we're waiting to see what households do. We're waiting for these new units to actually come online and see how they lease up. Um But, you know, on the whole, we still are in a massive housing shortage that, um, you know, is is evident with the, you know, the number of households that are cost burdened, um, that are paying more than 30 percent of their income. Um, And so, you know, while it it looks like we're dealing with a lot, it's this is this is um, supply that needs to come online to ease the affordability
0: crisis. So it sounds like we really need more supply than than we have now. Right.
1: Yeah, and I should mention this is not just a you know a rental issue. This is a homeownership issue as well. Um, you know, a good housing market is a balanced one, and there are a lot of renters who would like to purchase a home but can't because there's a shortage on that of that um, on that side too. Um, and so we need to build housing at all types. I mean, most necessary right now is what we would probably call work for it. well. So there's obviously the population that needs um, assistance at the very low. And, but what is difficult to build and is most difficult to build is workforce housing. So the market rate um, housing for your you know your first responders, your teachers, that's basically impossible to build right now to make the development pencil. And that's what we need the most.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a problem all around the country. And there's been uh, all right. What are you guys seeing for uh, office being? Uh, transformed into residential. Are you seeing much of that or is there much talk around the, the association there and your members about that?
1: There's a ton of talk about it. Um, we uh, Our research foundation um, recently published a piece that we did with the Urban Land Institute, looking at um, what they call adaptive reuse. So transforming office, um, hotel, retail into um, apartments. Um, and it is happening. Um, it's happening around the country, uh, predominantly in the central business district. And, um, you know, what I like to say is there's no silver bullet to solving the affordability crisis. And obviously for office in particular, um, the office market is struggling in some places. Um, and so this is a good option in some cases, but it is, it's is—it's a small percentage of the office market that could actually be converted to residential, but every little bit counts Um, And um, there are a lot of innovative ideas that are being brought out, you know, property tax abatements that make it so that these conversions can happen. And then a lot of times, um, in a lot of cases, if you do a property tax abatement, you could build that workforce housing um, and convert it to workforce housing. So it's definitely something that's happening and it's good, um, but I don't, it's not going to solve everything now.
0: Yeah. I lead a team that sells office buildings around the country and we're tracking all the buildings that have a good bit of vacancy or distress and the the bases might be low enough uh to to start making sense to look at it and then we look at the rental market in those areas and then of course the floor plates and um also the window situation and and, and the neighborhood around it so yeah i think uh we'll, we should see more of that i think one of the advantages that multifamily developers like about that is the time savings right you already got you already have a structure so You know, you might save a year of interest carry uh, and and deliver uh, community a lot faster. Um, What are what are you hearing from uh, your members as far as concerns, uh, if you will, about the future uh, and and what's going on now in the economy and and with jobs and uh, and their operations?
1: I mean, everybody's nervous. Um, We're hearing of um, some folks are putting their developments on hold. You know. Everything right now is wait and see, um, you know, when are the interest rate increases going to stop. The bank, the bank situation for the regional banks um, is still sorting itself out. Um, So I think that um, folks are still figuring out, you know, what's rent growth going to look like? What are you know, what's the difference between, you know bid to ask for, um, for properties. There's not a lot of sales transactions going on. Um, so it can make it difficult to figure out what you would even sell your property for. Um, so I think that a lot of people are doing a lot of, you know, exploration now. Um, there's also the issue of rising costs for expenses. Um, and then the issue of regulation, I mean, rent control or rent stabilization is being suggested around the country. And, um, that's, that's an, um, That can be an issue, and we've done research in the past to show that you know when folks when there's a mandatory inclusionary zoning ordinance um, being suggested or rent control, folks tend not to invest there, and so that's causing folks to you know take a look at where they're um, where they're choosing to invest. And insurance too. I mean, dealing with climate, we just did an insurance survey. I've been working on that um, on the data, and one of the biggest um, you know payouts are related to um, climate related issues like the Texas freeze. Um, so that's causing folks to take a look at things as well.
0: Yeah, you know, some good points. And uh, we have a multifamily division at our shop here in the southeast U.S. at Bull Realty, and, and we sell apartments and we see still tremendous demand uh, from, from investors and buyers. When, and we have some properties on the market now, and it's just a constant uh, a demand for these things. So it's interesting of course, transaction volume is is lower than it was, especially when you compare it to the go-go year of 2021. But um, so what are you actually seeing for transaction volume um, trends?
1: Well, it's happening in the South and Southeast. Um, and, you know, that's where the demand is, as you said, you know, that's where people are moving. Um, and so, um, you yeah, know, I think we're seeing some some instances where folks have to sell in other parts of the country, but um, you know, I think a lot of the appetite is for these southern and um, southeastern markets, where that's where the um, the rent growth is still happening. Um, that's where the um, where people are moving. That's also though where a lot of these new deliveries are coming online. So um, they will we'll have to see how that shakes out.
0: Yeah. Yeah what is your forecast moving forward, uh, for the multifamily world? And is it different? I know it's different for different locations, uh, but is it different for kind of B or C class properties verse, verse a, as far as the forecast goes?
1: So we don't, um, forecast officially. Um, but we did, um, we have a kind of a sister organization, the national apartment association. And a few years ago, we, um, we commissioned, uh, some research to look at demand. And so, um, the demand research said that we needed to build 4.3 million unit apartment units by 2035 to keep up with de- to keep up with demand and um, of that 4.3 million 600,000 was an existing shortage um and so you know i think that there are a lot of places that are still clearly under supply um you know san francisco for example um there are some places that are um, right now they are um on the verge of being oversupplied especially at the higher end. Um, So Charlotte, for example, uh, Nashville's been discussed. Um, You know, a lot of these places that have been kind of like the darlings the past few years, they've had a lot of demand, um, but there's a lot of supply coming online. So I think, you know, those are the markets um, where there's a large percentage of, um, of stock Particularly um, as it relates to existing stock that's coming online, um, those are the ones that we are um, less optimistic about in for um, you know for the short term.
0: Are there any concerns uh, within the industry or with your members on affordability uh, as rents have have gone up so much, uh, especially on these new 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 projects?
1: So the rental market, the apartment market, is in, interesting because it really. It it runs the gamut. Um, you know, we have residents that you know are paycheck to paycheck, and then we have residents where their rent to income ratio is about twenty percent. Um, you know, I think that um, there's a lot of different avenues you can look at related to affordability. Um, What's what we're seeing though is that a lot of these affordability um, issues. The solutions are are what end up, or the suggested solutions are what end up being the, of most concern to um, our our members, because folks don't realize um, the impacts that it will have. So rent control being the biggest the biggest one. I mean, you are essentially making it so that you are, you know, you have a set rent growth, and it can be pulled back. We've seen that in places with rent control, um, where the the escalation gradually gets pulled back. And um, we're seeing expenses go up tremendously. Um, I mentioned insurance, but utilities. I mean, you think about the fact that people have EV cars now that they're charging, um, and um, if that's that's added expense, if the if the um, property manager isn't you know charging for that usage. So um, I think that's what concerns the members the most is that people you know setting these regulations in place don't necessarily realize the the um, unintended co- consequences that can occur. And, you know, that's that's something that can have a, you know, a, a domino effect and really, you know, threaten the stability of the industry.
0: Yeah. And rent control can kind of backfire, right, on a community and then you have less supply being built and, and renovated, right. right?
1: I mean, you look at St. Paul, they enacted rent control, a very strict rent control um, initiative and it, it it shut down the pipeline like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, well, uh, Caitlin, let's talk uh, a little bit about the National Multifamily Housing Councils. Um, what you guys do, who your members are, and then some of the um, uh, information that's available at your website. And for your listeners and viewers, their website is N M A C No, NMHC. Sorry, NMHC And there are some uh, some great information there, right, Caitlin? That's it's not behind a firewall that you don't even have to be a member to access, right?
1: Correct. Um, So, yeah, if you go to um, NMHC.org, my favorite section, obviously, is the research related section, um, Quick Facts. And so it's just like it's called. You can um, pull up information on, um, you know, the number of households in the U.S., the number of renters, the number of apartment residents, um, their income breakdown, their age breakdown where um new construction is occurring throughout the country um and that's all ahead of the uh, ahead of the firewall um there's also we have fact sheets related to different um to different uh, issues and then we also have a lot of research reports um the ULI re- report I just mentioned um there's also one on apartment filtering um or lack thereof
0: Interesting so who are your uh, members uh, Caitlin and and what and why are they members <laughs>
1: Sure. Uh, so it runs the gamut. Um, we have a lot of members, obviously, that are owners, developers, managers of apartment housing. Um, there are also um, brokers. We have architects. We have um, consultants. We also have the, you know, the, the basically any anyone that has a company that touches an apartment. Um, you know, so the folks who do the broadband hookups, um, they're they're members as well, um, and there are a bunch of benefits of NMHC. We try to pay attention to, you know, what's what's cutting edge. What do folks need to be paying attention to, and filter that out to the membership. We also have a lot of networking opportunities um, through our our meetings. We have our annual meeting in January every year, um, and then also. Try to provide um, industry knowledge as well. We have our research forum. We have Apartment Strategies Conference where folks can also hear what what their peers are doing and perhaps get some new ideas.
0: Yeah, that's great. Is there any uh, training available?
1: Yeah, so I would say we do more networking, um, but there's a lot of um, a lot of information um, that you can get. We have white papers on um, you know issues related to fair housing. Um, it, we did one on, on music access back in the day. Um, so there's a lot of kind of um, choose-your-own-adventure, I would say, on there.
0: Uh, that's great. And then you have some uh, conferences, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Um, and so uh, we have our apartment strategies I mentioned. We have um, research forum, which is really geared for industry researchers. Um, but anybody can that wants to take a deep dive into research can do so. We have our OpTech conference, which is probably the best, like, on-the-ground um I would say um, knowledge, um, experience. It's re- all related to operations and technology. Um, and so it's our, one of our biggest conferences um, that's in Las Vegas in the fall. Um, we also have a student housing specific conference in the fall, um, as well as some more networking based events. Um, we have a spring board of directors meeting. And then we also have a fall conference in Washington that's based more on, um, you know, government affairs related content.
0: Right. And I guess uh, folks can uh, find out uh, what conferences and when and where at your website.
1: Yes. And we've also, we are, um, during COVID, we started experimenting with virtual like everyone did. Um, And so we have, um, we have several kind of lines of meetups. Um, We have a researcher networking meetup, for example, and then we have a women in multifamily meetup. Um, There's also an emerging leaders plant Program we have um, for folks who are under forty in the industry um, to kind of uh, you know get some more access to things, um, and so those are all available on our on our website.
0: Awesome, Caitlin. What would you leave our audience with to think about for multifamily moving forward?
1: Um, I would say stay calm, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: um, and you know the fundamental, the underlying fundamentals are still very good. Um, you know. But just pay attention to, um, you know, what households are doing um, and just remember that, you know, each it's like a puzzle and each little piece, um, you know, is is what um, adds up to the whole industry. So as long as each of those little pieces gets taken care of, we we should be good to go.
0: Very good. I feel better. Caitlin, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. All right. And thanks for joining us around the country. Hey, please let us know what you think. We also appreciate you sharing the show and connecting with us on your favorite social media. Feel free to reach out to me if you have any uh, thoughts or questions. Uh, My email is michael at bullrealty.com. And until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Appreciate the show? Consider referring business or doing business with our sponsors. Bull Realty is a commercial real estate sales, leasing, and advisory firm doing business throughout the Southeast, headquartered in Atlanta. Visit bullrealty.com for more information. Commercial Agent Success Strategies provides video training for commercial agents. This training gets five-star reviews from even the most experienced brokers. Learn more at commercialagentsuccess.com. Com. You're invited to connect with us on your favorite social media. You can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Don't miss a show of special interest to you. Be sure and subscribe to the show on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. And at the show website, creshow.com, you can subscribe for a weekly email announcing the show topic and guest. While you're there, you also found more videos and podcasts. Thank you for watching or listening to America's Commercial Real Estate Show.